Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, fun, fun. In the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped wrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, fun, fun. In the sun, sun, sun. Fun, fun, fun. In the sun, sun, sun. Smackheads My name's Jed Shepherd. And I'm Daniela Phillips. Daniela Scatman Phillips. <laughs> you just got that in my head now. Thanks very much for joining us again for another episode of Smokeheads, the Red, Red Dwarf, Dwarf Podcast. Podcast. Um, and this week we are doing an episode called Emo Hawk Polymorph 2. Yay! You really love this one, I love don't you? this one. Yeah, spoilers, but Daniela loves this I loved it. I don't like it as much as your face is making me think that you like it. <laughs> my face is full of enjoyment right now. It's true. <laughs> um but we'll come into that second how have you been i've been excellent thanks jed how have you been yeah good uh, any mouth updates how, how's <laughs> i still have a mouth okay um i was reminded by multiple people that uh, daniela never to be nice to me to be i'm always nice to you <laughs> but to that, that you didn't eat any coffee last week i know we didn't we didn't come to the conclusion that you should eat coffee but you said you would try anything once and i've had coffee though you, yeah, have you? I haven't seen you eat coffee. <laughs> I have. So, do you think you can eat some coffee? If right, this is a deal. <laughs> okay. Like Crichton did in the last episode. Yes. By the end of this episode, right? We'll we'll we'll. I know. We'll flip a coin. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Would you agree to it? If it's heads, so heads, uh, you you eat the coffee. Yeah. Tails, I eat the coffee. Okay, and I'll even let you throw the coin. Okay. Okay. Deal. Should we, should we do it now, just so we know what we've got to have to look for? <laughs> the anticipation. To? Oh, Christ. Right, you ready for this? 50p. Do a proper proper thing. So, so Daniela's about to throw the 50p. That, that didn't spin even once, Daniela. <laughs> it didn't the even, magic of radio. It didn't no even one spin knows. once. Heads, it's Jed. It didn't even spin, it's Daniela. Jed. That was cheating. Jed, that's not cheating. Best, I'm best. sorry, Heads. That is, che- that is cheating. I didn't see it, and I threw it up in the air. That means it's... if you open it, yeah, it lands on the same side it started. Jed, on. if you do, if you don't want to do it, then that's fine. I'll do it yeah. if you spin the coin. I, that that is how I only okay, spin a coin. Can I do it? And you can call it. You can change it if you want. No, I want to keep it the same. It was my coin. Call it. Call it. No, I'm not doing it again. Heck. It stands. <laughs> Independent okay. adjudicator. Oh, Daniela, you have to drink, eat the coffee. No, no. Okay, best of three. So it's one all. No. Okay, good start to the show so far. Um, but you've been been all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what I've been um, doing. No, sorry. I was just going to say I didn't get yeah. a place in the London Marathon. Why? Very disappointed. Did, what, did you? Act- I entered the ballot for the third year in a row. Question: Did you actually want to do it? Yes. Or did you want to just Instagram about it? No, I really, really want to do it. So I did my first, as you, as listeners may know, I did my first half marathon last year. As listeners, oh, listeners, listeners right? Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it, and I'm doing another half marathon this March. Nice. March 2018 for 
people listen in the future. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I really want to, I really, really want to do a marathon this year. Um, but alas, it's not to be. Well, you know. I'm still thinking maybe the New York Marathon 2018. Is that easier to get into? Well, you pay a £1,000 and that's your, you ent- and your entry fee and your airfare. So I'm thinking maybe It's your that. airfare as well? Yes. Oh, that's an all right deal then. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. So they have no limit on the amount of people that can do it or something? I guess so, but it's easy, it's pretty easy. I know someone who's who's done it before via the the organisation that sets it up. So. Cool, okay. Yeah. Um, and by the time this airs... I'm guessing it'll be just before the new series starts, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Um, I have no idea when it's going to go out, but yeah, just before the new episode, new series starts, um, or so, after. Well, I was thinking maybe we can squeeze them all in before okay. it starts, maybe okay. if we can. Um, so yeah, so enjoy, um, and I'm looking forward to season twelve, and we'll be doing it as soon as Daniela is well again. I'll be watching it from my sick bed. Yeah, we will cover it for you. Don't worry. Um, so this episode, oh yeah, uh, what have I been doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing much. Same old, same old stuff. Records, tapes, podcasts, and films. It's all going well. Ten yes. out of ten. Yeah. Um, but this <laughs> enough of the admin. This episode is about uh, emo hawk polymorph two. Now sequels shouldn't be as good as original, and it isn't. This is oh. This is controversial. This is not. That's not a controversial statement at all. There is a fact that this isn't as good as the original Polymorph, which was perfect. I love this episode. There is there is stuff to love about this yeah. episode. Yeah, hundred percent. There are great, great things, and this is by no means a weak episode. It's in the top ten percent of Red Dwarf episodes for sure. But I don't think it's a great episode. It's a good episode. And the reason why it isn't great is because it relies too much on nostalgia, on um, popular characters coming back forcibly. See, I didn't even think that was the best bit of this episode. Okay, well, let's get into it and we can discuss it. So um, this episode starts with Rimmer trying to get Lister out of bed um, because he wants to kind of test his his like alarm system, his kind of warning. Um, and... Lister just isn't having it. It's just in bed. He knows it's just a drill, so it's nothing um, important. And we get a nincompoop, which I love. Yeah, we love that word, nincompoop. Yeah. Uh, we should really do research on what, where that was that first used. Who came up with the word nincompoop? I don't know. Sounds I think like my dad myth- used to say to me sometimes that I was a nincompoop. Daniela, you nincompoop. <laughs> Is your dad from like the 1820s or something? <laughs> Possibly. Like, was he a wizard? <laughs> 1920s Charles Dickens character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. a bit early for dickens but you know a little bit early for dickens yeah um then what we have is basically the space police turn up and they call the space corps external enforcement vehicle um and this calls them the space filth which isn't very respectful to Not the really. police officers. I know. um but do you think the the, the police in space have a bit of a rough deal as, as yes, they do on Earth. I think so. I think you should ex- respect authority as Cartman. <laughs> do you really think you do? You, are you pro police? Yes. In in all cases. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not. I mean, I, I see, they should be there. Yeah, that's great that they're there. But I think there's too much corruption. Just it's corruption. You've been watching too much of the Wire. I think. No. Well, you know, or, or the news where policeman every every other video i watch is a policeman beating up with someone in america just because of their color yeah 
And not not so much over here. Yeah, the, the really people people are stereotyped and kind of uh, profiled and, and and get rough treatment. Just yeah, against. just based on um, their color. Well, obviously stuff. that is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, but and I think this probably still goes on in space. I don't know. Species get kind of profiled, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> So your mates, the police, need to kind of sort their lives out, Daniela. Yeah, okay. I'll get on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort, sort out tomorrow. Sort that out. Um, how, how the, how's Crossrail going? Have you sorted that out? I don't work on Crossrail. I haven't for 18 months, Jed. I yeah, got a new job. Yeah, but, you know, you need to, they need you to sort it out. Um, okay, so, like, the space police are there. And, of course, it's bad news because it's Red Dwarf. And what the space... The space police. Space police. The space police are there because there is an issue that they have got to sort out, and that issue is the fact they are space looters. Now, on Earth, if you're looting, it's a crime. In space, same thing, but the penalty is death. It's pretty harsh. It, it, it reminded me of Le Miserable a bit. What do you mean? Do they space loot in Le Mis? No, but I mean the punishment for like stealing, stealing is like either death or like incarcerated for many many years yeah it's not so not it's not, very harsh yeah you're, you're in a bit a of a dickens mood kind of like the 19th century mood aren't you today Lewis <laughs> Rob isn't dickens but you know 19th century 18th century Jean Valjean and Javert yeah all those guys the battle of the two yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've seen the yeah. film yeah the, <laughs> I haven't seen the, the stage production oh, it's excellent you really should you know when something's on for ages you just think oh it's boring now isn't it no i should go nah. it's good is Anne hathaway in it no <laughs> not interested don't um so uh so they're basically looters and they are banged to rights because they can't get out of it there is no ifs or buts they are criminals space criminals uh the penalty is execution it is pretty extreme but it's the only way to maintain order in space because fair I think it is fair. Yeah. But though it may, may be a means of survival, they're three million years into deep space. They're not going to come across a, a, a Nisa or 7-Eleven out there in space. No. They do have to lose yeah. ships sometimes, unfortunately, on pain of death. Um, so the uh, space filth, uh, they start shooting upon Starbug because they want to kill them because they're criminals. Um, and Starbug becomes a blaze um they try a, a technique which is pretty cool which is like heading towards this um kind of like meteor in space um to kind of deflect the fire but they end up being covered in fire anyway so it didn't work too well um and they ended up crashing on a basically a moon um and in this moon um the, the ship's all right but they haven't got the oxygen their oxygen is very very low luckily for them this planetoid has gelfs on it genetically engineered life forms because remember red dwarf doesn't have aliens no nope. but they kind of look like aliens don't yeah. they like they look a bit like um a like a yeti yeah and that's kind of one of the things Bigfoot, that sort of yeah, thing, that kind yeah. Of, have you seen many bigfoots Bigfeet? Uh, <laughs> is that the plural of Bigfoots? I've seen Harry and the Hendersons. Does that count? Great film. Yeah, great <laughs> film. Um, and the TV series was pretty good as well. I think I've only seen the film. Oh, uh, with um, John... Lithgow. Oh, so good. Classic. Um, I think I, I think I used to think that Bigfeet... Bigfeet? Bigfoots are real from that because it looked so real. Mm. Do you not think? Yeah, I mean... It hasn't been proven that they're not. 
No, it's, it's they're not real. <laughs> I'm a cryptozoologist, so I know. Uh, I'm not really. Um, but yeah, so they crash on this planet and they need to get um, an oxygen unit from the Gels. So that's the only way they're going to survive and get off this planet. Back onto their mission of following Red Dwarf because pretty much after this episode, you could they kind of the writers have thought, nah, let's forget about the idea of trying to find Red Dwarf for a little while. Yeah, let's um, have an adventure. Let's have a bit of an adventure. Um, so it's called an oxygenation unit because you do wonder how are they managing to keep this oxygen going in deep space for three million I did years. Wonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I think it was Crichton that says the ship can auto repair itself mostly, but the only thing they can't repair is the oxygen yep. unit so they do need to go out to the gelfs to try and uh, trade for it so these gelfs are called the kinutawawi <laughs> the kinutawawi um and uh, th- just, just just to break in here i loved everything on this planet <laughs> so much of course you did, because I they're fairy it. because they're fairy they're <laughs> no, like i just find it dogs. hilarious well i found it so funny it was because it's kind of like a foresty planet and then it's it kind of like a it, it's, it's like ewoks but it's like Endor <laughs> or something yeah but the great thing about this so again like the last episode where i looked into the location which was laredo in kent this uh is whole, it in kent as well this set uh, is it in Kent? No. It, is, it was basically in Shepparton Studios, but okay. it, it was a set of a TV show called Covington Cross. Do you remember that? I've never heard of that in my entire life. So Covington Cross was um, a TV show which was first broadcast um, in on Halloween. Actually, no, that was the last episode. August the 25th to October 31st, 1992. Um, so it was just the year before. Um, and it was a... ABC, which is owned by Disney, they made a TV show. Um, it was one of their only ever TV shows to be filmed fully in England. Um, and it was a set of, it was basically a medieval TV show okay. called Covington Cross. And this is the premise. Set in the 14th century England, the series follows the daily intrigues of Sir Thomas Grey, a widower, and his sons and daughter. Covington Cross is the name of Sir Thomas's castle. His children are eldest son Amos, the, ser- the serious Richard, free-spirited Cedric, and strong-willed daughter Eleanor. Um, <laughs> sounds absolutely dog poo. Sounds like a must-see TV show. <laughs> absolutely. It got, obviously got cancelled after a few episodes. and they were possessed them? I don't know. And they were lumbered with this absolute, like, melon of a set, which... <laughs> I mean, it, it, Covington Cross kind of looks like really cool medieval castles and stuff, but you only really see this little village and inside a tent. So I don't know what... Oh, it is in Kent, obviously. <laughs> so let's see. So most of it was filmed in Allenton Castle for the exterior scenes, while Penshurst Place in Kent was used for the interior scenes. Amazing. That's in Coven- Covington Cross. Um, so that's a little bit of background to where this particular village is. Um, and I mean, it still looks pretty good. I mean, yeah, they've got like yeah. little huts here and there. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, let's talk about the Gelfs themselves. Yeah, let's talk about Gelf, baby. <laughs> are you are you drunk again, Daniel? No, I've had Another... too, I've had too much sugar. <laughs> you right because it's nearly Halloween. Oh. I've got lots of like trick or treat sweets, not to give them to people, just for me to eat. <laughs> and Daniel has I've eaten had too much sugar, like. 1500 grams of sugar <laughs> i've gone really sugary <laughs> you've gone really sugary so let's talk about uh some of the girls the chief gelf yep. is played by none other than shakespearean actor himself ainsley harriet 
<laughs> you knew that, right? I did because yeah, we talked about cook. it on the can't, special. Yeah, yeah, can't cook, won't cook. And uh, eagle-eyed or eagle-eared listeners will remember Daniela has met. <laughs> I have. Angsy Harry in I a car have. park, and he gave her a kiss in a car park. Car park? Was it in the car park? No. Did I make that up? <laughs> you didn't make that okay. up. I think that's one of your stories. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but he gave you a kiss. How old were you? I don't know, about 13. God, Jesus Christ. What's this guy doing? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so he played the chief girl. To be fair, he did a really good job. Yes. He, yes. Was, he was menacing in all he the right places. He knocked it out of the park. He really did. And he has done some serious acting before in the past. Um, do you want to have a guess? Let's play this little game. <laughs> let's let's deep dive into imdb (laughs) so name three shows that uh, (laughs) angsy harriet has been on not as plain himself but as a serious actor three shows go (laughs) um uh, it's it's hard it's hard but they're british tv shows um i the bill (laughs) not the bill i'll give you two more answers um, two more choices go on uh name some tv shows eastenders not eastenders one more i think 90s british tv shows Lovejoy. no <laughs> but that would that no that's not a bad not a bad uh, answer okay he has been in some absolute classics of course he was a regular character in hail and pace <laughs> The original <laughs> Hail and Pace. He was, he was in almost every episode. <laughs> I've never seen Literally, Hail and Pace. He was in the first episode of Hail and Pace. Okay. Um, was he Hail or Pace? <laughs> oh, God. He was just on the... Uh, I think they just needed the character that wasn't white. So right. it was Ainsley Harriet. Well, good for them. Yeah. Good for good. them. I used to love Hail and Pace. Never Absolutely seen love. it. You know Hail and Pace though, right? No. We're going to do some YouTube diving. Is that Smith Jones or something? Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start with this. No, it's not Smith and Jones. (laughs) It's a little bit later. Then he was in, uh, a couple of years after Hayden Pace, he was in uh, the Bobby Davro vehicle, Davro. (laughs) Of course. Which which was great as well. Um, And then the only other... Is it on Netflix? It's not, no. And then quite recently, in 2008... He was in a TV series called Corey in the House. I can't believe I didn't get these absolute classics. It just sounds awful. Um, but yeah, that is Andy Harriet, and he's probably been in a lot of maximum security prisons as well by now. Who knows? Because he's can't say that. Jim. Did you tell me what he did? Oh, you can't say because you remember on, on the can't make podcast. Can't make yeah, a Christmas special. You went. Oh, I know something about him. I'll tell you later. Yes. Did you ever tell me? I did tell you. Yes. I can't remember. Did he do something really bad? <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Not 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 involving me. I hasten to add. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um. So yeah. So let's get back to uh, the show. So he plays the main girl, but then. They want the only way that the girls are going to give the Red Dwarf crew their um, uh, oxygen unit is to do a trade, and the only trade they want is Lister. This is amazing. I love this. Lister so to marry much. his daughter, and his daughter looks like what you find under a brick. Absolutely vile face. Oh, she just what looks like mean? a girl. She looks she, like a normal girl. She looks like someone took a dog and just shoved the dog's <laughs> face into she, like. She's not a looker by conventional standards. That's right. No. Uh, but, you know. It was, it was scaring me. I was just like, oh my God. I like, I like the way she was sort of making googly eyes at him. Oh it, was, it cracked me up. Batting her disgusting eyelids. That was disgusting. But that Gelf bride was played by 
Stephen Wickham. I was going to say, I thought it was played by a man. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that yeah. it's quite hefty. Um, and as you guys out there love to play this game, let's deep dive into IMDb. Oh, Once again, goodness. Stephen Wickham, name three shows he's been in. <laughs> the Bill. He has been in The Bill. Yes! Actually, where's that bell? Okay. Boom. So he's been in The Bill. And this guy has been a round and a half. Okay. So yeah, one, The Bill. You need two more. You can do this. Brookside. No. no. He has not been in Brookside. Okay. Um, okay, keep going though. British 90s TV show. All of these people are 90s British TV shows. And then um, fall off the face of the earth. I'm going to go EastEnders. Ooh, let's see. Yes. Yes. He was in one episode. He played a character called Bunty in EastEnders. Actually, Boom. no, Bunty was in loads of episodes, wasn't he? Oh, you're asking me, Adam. Um, he's also been in Casualty, of course. Oh, classic. Yep, he's been in Come Fly With Me, Doctors, Heartbeat, The Knock, the 1994 version of The Knock, not the most recent one. London's Burning, which was amazing. Oh, my mum watched that. Oh, London's Burning podcast. Um, <laughs> with my mum. Yeah. You and my mum do London's Burning podcast. Hello, Jade. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> hello, darling. But he's also been in <laughs> Doctor Who. But the most I'm most impressed by this particular show he's been. He was in the TV show... Oh, I thought it said Hill Street Blues. I was very impressed. It's High Street Blues. <laughs> okay, yeah. Forget that. Hill Street Blues. Wow. Yeah. Go places. There's also in that TV show, The Upper Hand, which oh, was... Oh, I used to love that. I used to love that, which was like a fake Who's the Boss. <laughs> Who was it? I used to love that, yeah. Did you watch... You used to watch 2.4 Children as well? Because uh, everyone did. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the highest rated shows on BBC. <laughs> I used to love... Why did I love 2.4 Children? <laughs> I don't know. I used to run into like, to oh, my friends. Oh, it was brilliant. Oh, did you see 2.4 Children? It was brilliant. Like, they got away with not doing their homework. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, enough about 2.4 children. Back to Polymorph 2. Um, so they're in this kind of Tawawi village and they, they've got a bit of a dilemma because obviously they need the oxygen yeah. unit, but it's yeah. really only Kat and Lister that need it. Yeah, but Lister needs to take one for the team. What team? The only other person who needs the oxygen unit is Kat. Yeah, but they're friends. But he's the last human alive, so what else can they do? Um, and they agree, Lister agrees to stay, but obviously there's a plan and he's like, he tells them not to be strangers. So they go back to Starbuck to get ready. And Lister also gets ready in his own way because he knows what's to come. Because it's the wedding night. Yeah, after the wedding, they have to do the marital nuptials. The thing. And unfortunately, the fact that his bride is twice as big as him. And a man. <laughs> played by a man. Heavier, hairier, more gruesome than him. Don't, don't, don't think she's had a wash in a while. Yeah. Personal grooming has been let go. But maybe in the Kinatomaiwi community, well, like they say, she she's, is, she's a hottie. She's a looker. Yeah. Um. So he, he's not really, he's not feeling it. He's got a bit of a headache. Mm -hmm. So he has, he's trying to get out of it. And to be fair, Kinatomaiwi, they don't really give up and they're quite forceful. So <laughs> I, I feel, I feel them. I feel their pain. <laughs> she, she's, she's pulling all the moves. She's pulling every move. I feel like I could like slot into their tribe quite well, actually. What do you mean? <laughs> I can identify with them. With who? The Kinder Tawawi? <laughs> yeah. Why have you tried to pull those moves yourself? <laughs> no. Christ. Let's get away from this. So, um, obviously he's not into it. So, um, he basically does a runner and he runs out of yeah. the village and he tells them to leg it and uh they've got the um oxygen unit on them and they run into into the into starbug 
But of course, like that's not going to go down well with the Kinatawari tribe. No, they Be- they send a pot. They what? Sorry, they send a polymorph. Why are you whispering? Is because I get so excited because <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun. I agree. Yeah. I loved it. And they send that polymorph, and you have that brilliant, brilliant scene where they're running. Where they're running, um, and then they <laughs> they can hear the polymorph around them. Um, and Cat picks up a stick. It keeps and he's changing like, into different things. Yeah. I love this so much. And it finally turns into Lister's hat. <laughs> <laughs> and they bring it aboard the ship, yeah. and, they, and they think, okay, we've 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 got airlock, uh, we we're fine. Boom, we need to go. Done it. Now it's going to take about an hour to get off the planet for for the um for the um unit to work, uh, but they're going to use reserve power and kind of go up anyway and leave the planet because you don't want the Kinnitawari banging on your door. And the Kinnitawari actually come back a bit later in series seven and, and another series as well. But um, in this, they're locked on Starbug with another polymorph. Now it dun, didn't. Dun, dun. It didn't go too well the first time around. No. No. This time accurate. around, I think it's it didn't go... It's a bit more clownish, I yeah. thought. So let's talk about what the polymorph did to the crew that was... So, first of all, it got cat. Yeah. Now, do you like this bit? I think it's fine. No. It's fine. I think when a TV show has to call up some of the older characters that people enjoy the first time around, it's lazy writing. I don't necessarily think it's lazy. I think if people have enjoyed something, I think it's not it's not a problem if that comes back and makes another guest appearance. But but like the last time he was on was four episodes previously. I don't know. Maybe it feels like a long time because it's a long time since we watched it. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, there's about 18 months between yeah, five exactly. and six. But, and, and in that time, the kind of, especially with the Red Wolf's magazine, because I used to love the Red Wolf's magazine, they were doing like comic strips of Dwayne Dibley and he was becoming more and more popular. Yeah. And seeing him appear again, obviously watching this as a kid, you're just like, yay, Dwayne Dibley's yeah. back. Yeah. Um, because, the, because the emo hawk, the, the polymorph, takes all of his kind of grace and style and turns cat. Every back time you say Dibley. emo hawk, I manage this hawk with like little black nail varnish yeah. on. <laughs> Listening to MCR, just like in his bedroom. <laughs> um <laughs> joining the black parade um but yeah so like this uh we have they, they've kind of forced Dwayne Dibley back into it and I wonder what came first I wonder if this was originally going to be a Dwayne Dibley episode um or Dwayne Dibley sequel or if it was just based on the popularity of back to reality that they decided to like push him into this I think it's probably the latter you think yeah yeah but then they I mean, it was all right if they just settle for one character, but then they go ahead and they bring back the other mega Yay! popular Red Dwarf character, which I don't mind as much, actually. Yeah. Ace Rimmer. Uh, because obviously... How can you ever mind Ace Rimmer being in an episode? Well, at least there was a couple of years between between yeah. the last appearance. True. And um, Dimension Jump, uh, which was the episode that Ace Rimmer made his debut appearance in, is one of the absolute classics and it's one of everyone's favourites. And Ace Rimmer is a great, great, great yeah. character. So it was quite good to see him back again. And Red Dwarf kind of needs a leader and he's the leader that Red Dwarf needs. Yeah. Um, so getting him back and teaming up with Dwayne Dibley, it's kind of like a good, like a kind of a, a cool buddy cop movie, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to see the two opposites. Yeah, exactly. You've got someone who's very, very forceful fourth right knows what he's doing then you've got Dwayne Dibley just falling over himself get, <laughs> making mistakes being a dweeb yeah but I don't know 
I mean, you can tell like the audience loved it because they're howling with laughter yeah. the whole time. I loved it. Well, yeah, you did really like <laughs> this episode. Very simple, though. But you know, the little things like like when he opens up a cupboard and it bangs into his head, like. I don't know. But I did like Danny John Jules acting in this. I think series six is where... It's really his series. He's coming yeah, to his own. Danny John yeah. Jules has really stepped up the game and his acting. He probably acts most of the crew in, in this series. Um, so yeah, so these two have, have turned in, into um, kind of almost like the opposites of themselves really mm. because uh rimmer is always a coward and now he's brave um cat's always cool and now he's the com- complete opposite um what we ne- then have is the crew going around the ship trying to find the emo hawk oh you've also got a little bit where Rim- uh, ace rimmer decides that um to kill Dwayne dibley before because it kind of helps with their kind of plot. And it, what, what he does is uh, he tells Dwayne Dibley to step in front of him because he'll be a bit more comfortable. And it's going to break his neck. Yeah, it's pretty cruel. It is pretty cool. But I'm not the biggest fan of Dwayne Dibley, so I wouldn't have minded that much. Oh. I'm a cat fan, but I'm yeah. not a Dwayne Dibley okay. fan. Um, but yeah, so, so Dwayne Dibley... Um, has to get into something he feels a bit more comfortable so he, he's in his parker and he's, he has his flask with him um, and he has and i mean the jokes are quite funny the fact that yeah. he has um a condom on him just in case he gets lucky that, that <laughs> bit never never fails to amuse because how are you going to get lucky on red dwarf who, yeah. who are you going to get with um and uh yeah so they they go through kind of a similar process that they did on the original polymorph where the crew mistake objects and chains and yep. just things around the ship yep. um for for the emo hawk um but then they have the idea that the um they could freeze the um emo hawk um and the way they do that is uh Dwayne Dibley picks up a flask which they realize isn't isn't his because he's already holding this flask yep. um and then it turns into a grenade mm-hmm. and uh cat tries to throw it doesn't go very far so ace from a jumps on it being brave sacrifices his yep. life for all luckily it's a hard light hologram so it doesn't kill him um and they manage to freeze the uh the polymorph and uh i guess blow him out into space but the, the only thing is that they've um they've still got these these characters aboard um yep. how do they do they say how they change them back? Because I know Crying says, "Oh, Mister uh, Mister Rimmer, so we um, we have to change you back." And he's like, "Can I, can I just be Ace Rimmer for another twenty four yeah. hours?" But I, what's the process uh, yeah. to change them back? I have absolutely no idea. Or is it just like a time limit or something? I, I presume uh, Crichton knows. He must have some sort of gadget somewhere that he must have used before. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I guess we don't, we don't need an explanation, but it would be quite nice if they have some kind of machinery that can replace emotions Or like maybe that. it wears off. I don't yeah, know. I guess so. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, we don't get to see that because... Mm. Uh, cat being doing dibley and lacking in grace he accidentally freezes the whole crew um <laughs> and he we see this on camera because they they are still and he he taps on their head in kind of a a weird three stooges type of way and he looks like one of the three stooges actually he doesn't does, he has a haircut yeah um and that's the episode i mean it's i liked fine. it yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun it made me laugh out loud a few times it brought back some of the most popular characters in yeah. Warface from uh, yeah. and Dwayne dibley and i guess the polymorph if you want to count him as a, <laughs> as a character um and also 
Ainsley Harriet, and it's always good to yeah. see Ainsley Harriet yeah. and stuff because always it adds good a sense to see of danger. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, he did can't cook, won't cook for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. But what is he doing now? Besides, like probably creeping under people's beds and snatching up oh, their legs and things. <laughs> this is not the official view of the Red Dwarf podcast. Just make heads the Red Dwarf podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a great episode. Everyone knows yep. it's better than most episodes yep. throughout Red Dwarf. Yeah. But it's not amazing. Okay. It's not, it, to me, it's not top 10. Okay. Do you agree? I don't know. I think it might just sneak into the top 10. It might do. It'd be pretty pretty high. Would, so do you agree Polymorph is be- the, the better episode? I can't. Would you prefer this to... To, to be fair, original? I'd have to watch them back to back because okay. I haven't seen Polymorph in a while, so it'd be unfair for me to comment. Okay. Because I've obviously I've just seen this episode, so yeah. it's fresh in my mind and it's funny. And Yeah. I mean, it is funny. That's the thing. It is funny. All the stuff with the Gelfs. Yeah, um, I love that. It is funny, the kind of interplay between them. The fact that their language is just so kind of like rough and... Um, when the penny drops that he has to marry that absolute beast of a lady <laughs> it is just really funny yeah. <laughs> and and yeah i mean it's always good to, to see kind of some of the, the classic bits of red dwarf back and because polymorph was so popular i guess there always was going to be a sequel mm. but they threw all of their sequels into one basket polymorph sequel a strimmer sequel Dwayne Dibley yeah. sequel they really went for it for this yeah. episode um, but maybe that's what made it a strong episode I don't know. I still feel a little bit like it's a little bit lazy writing. Okay. Especially as the last episode was so good. Gone Man of the Apocalypse was so good. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's it. I, I would say in the grand scheme of things, it would possibly break into my top 25. Not not, okay. not my top 10. Okay. Um, so yeah. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Yeah, you really did, didn't you? Um, and that's it. This was also just, just as one last thing. This is an episode that Cat also swears in. um but i think on the netflix version i just watched that's cut out i was gonna say i don't remember it yeah i was waiting for it and it, it isn't there so um but yeah if what did you guys think uh, about this episode please let us know on twitter you can find me at jed shepherd j-e-d-s-h-e-p-h-e-e-r-d that's J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Sorry, I'm tired. Daniela, how can they possibly find you? I'm on Twitter at Daniela of 1L Phillips. That's right. And same on Instagram. Uh, go to postpoprecords.com if you want to buy some records. Go to postpoppodcast.com if you want to see the other podcasts. Other podcasts are good. There's Monkey Tennis, which is the Alan Pop. It's basically a ripoff of Smegheads, but with um, Alan <laughs> we're, the, we're the OG. <laughs> yeah, they know that. Uh, we did... Um, with monkey tennis we did uh, a show at warner warner brothers and um i said that there was a ripoff of smokeheads those guys the guys didn't like it <laughs> um and then we uh there's a podcast called the pilot which is great which i do with rob jelly from the bbc then there is what to watch on netflix which is great which a new series started a couple of weeks ago that's what to watch on netflix um and yeah if you're going to comic-con i'll see you there uh which is the end of october so daniel that all that does is leave me to say see you later smokeheads see you later bye